Hello, everyone. My name is Amanda Leeslove, and I'm a registered holistic nutritionist who works with those with fibromyalgia. Today's guest is Kathy Ashton. She's a natural medicine practitioner. She understands what foods benefit the body from a biochemical background in treating specific chronic illnesses, such as type 2 diabetes, thyroid issues, fibromyalgia, multiple sclerosis, and many other issues. Becoming sick herself with fibromyalgia and finding ways to reduce symptoms through the food she was eating, she could see a true link between diseases and nutritional deficiencies and excuses. However, it was not till her husband was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis that this interest in food and disease became a passion and she went back to university to gain a degree in natural medicine. Since then, she has studied extensively in the United States under some of the world's best nutritional medicine doctors. Kathy's also is a qualified life coach, and she combines this with her nutritional medicine degree to assist people make a difference in their lives by helping them find the link that exists between change, food choices, and emotions. Kathy's major passion is to heal people by healing them by making small changes, which make a huge difference. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about your story. Okay. Uh, So as you heard in my bio, um, I was diagnosed with multiple, uh, sorry, diagnosed with fibromyalgia when I was in my early 30s. I had a virus called the Parvo virus, which is an arthritic virus. And I, um, it left me with fibromyalgia. That was the symptoms at the end of it was the fibromyalgia. And I went off to see a rheumatologist and because um, I was aching from head to toe, you couldn't touch me. I was in terrible pain, had no idea what it was. And um, they said, right, you know, they ruled out all the nasties as everybody um, has. And I got this thing called fibromyalgia and they said I'd have it for life. And pretty much there was nothing much you could do about it except take some drugs, try and get good sleep. So um, they put me on some drugs and I tried to get good sleep and uh, it's still nothing really worked. And it just kept getting worse and worse and worse over time. And the drugs just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So finally, I went to see my uh, rheumatologist and she used to put a head outside. This is, I love this part of my story. She <laughs> used to put a head outside the, her room when she'd call me in and watch the way I got up out of a chair and how I walked in because it used to be very, very painful in my feet and everything. So I was like, oh, and I'd walk in and then she could tell what level of pain I was in. So she gave me a script for methotrexate. She said, this is what's going to be the next big thing for you is methotrexate. And I was in my early 30s. And um, anyway, it didn't seem to sit really well. And at that time, I asked her if diet played any part of fibromyalgia because I was a real sugar junkie. I had little packets of lollies. I was a mother of three children and I was running around like a lunatic and... um, we ate healthy, but I had these lollies hidden all over the house. So not, I didn't give them to the kids. I just would eat them myself. So driving along in the car, if I yeah. put the kids into care or whatever they were doing, I'd have a little bag of lollies and I'd munch on those to give me energy for the day and because it sort of gave me energy for the day. 
And um, anyway, I told her this story and she said, no, 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 there's no scientific evidence to prove that food plays any part in this disease. And, you know, it's just what it is and just get onto this medication and you'll start feeling better. So I went home and I said to my husband, I don't know, something's not sitting right. I, I wonder if it is the sugar. I wonder if it is what we're eating. I wonder if I need to renovate my diet. So I went back to a library back in the day because there was no such thing as the internet and uh, went back to a library and started looking at various research papers around inflammation and what they knew at the time about fibromyalgia, which was really, really, really only a tiny little bit. And um, it seemed to me that maybe there was a link between it and sugar, but not that I knew. So I dropped the sugar. And I remember quite vividly, probably um, as if it was yesterday, honestly, uh, probably about 10 days in or something like this, going cold turkey on the sugar yeah. and um, getting out of bed at about four o'clock in the morning to go to the bathroom. Right. And I found myself in our ensuite sitting on the toilet going, how did I get here? That's a bit weird because I'd gotten out of bed and no pain because normally I'd have to tiptoe and carry on. And next thing I know, I'm sitting there and I was like, okay, what just happened? So, and then I woke up the next day and went and there was no pain. And it was like, whoa, this is crazy. And all my pain had dissipated. So I went back to the doctor and she put she put her head out because once you're on methotrexate you need to go back for a follow-up to make sure everything you're coping with it all right okay and so she put her head out of the thing to look uh to see how i got out of the chair and i jumped up i did a pirouette and this big (laughs) sat down in the chair and um she said to me oh thank goodness we found a drug that works for you this is amazing. And then I opened my little black bag and I pulled out the script for methotrexate and I handed it back. I wish to this day that I'd kept it. I would have framed it. And I handed it, I handed it back to her, right? Yeah. And she goes, what's this? And I said, I gave up sugar. And she went, what do you mean? And I, she said, you're not on the drugs. And I went, no, I've stopped. I've stopped taking them. And that was the first. Yeah. She called me a medical miracle, right? Somehow in the last month, I had put it into remission all by itself. Like it was just this medical miracle. Right. And um, it was kind of like, yeah, I don't think so. I think giving up the sugar played a big part. And I spoke to her there and then I remember sitting in her room and saying to her, so do you think you're going to tell other patients to give up sugar? And she went, no, 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 no. We'll just stick with the protocol that I know. You're just what we call a medical miracle. And which made me really angry, but um, I was like, okay, no worries. It's such a simple thing that people can do. Right. Makes a huge difference. Yeah. But But, no, nobody gets told to do that. Nobody gets told to do that. So I went to, uh, for me, what happened was um, um, we went on our merry way and we did everything until my husband was diagnosed with MS and multiple yeah. sclerosis and then he was like you fixed yourself doing diet surely there's something that I can do from a diet right. yeah. but um 
because I was playing around with him, I thought I'd better actually go and do the science behind, see what the science was yeah. behind. Yeah. So I went back to university studying nutritional medicine and, um, yeah, so led me down this path and I've been passionate about it ever since. And uh, um, and he fought, we both follow over the years because that was back in 2003 when he was first diagnosed. So it's take, we've had a huge journey and we continue. Yeah continually continually learning and learning from right. the best in the world and studying and I'm a bit of a study nerd so yeah me too yeah it's pretty cool but I think you have to keep studying because there's so much new stuff coming out all the time so well that's right and it takes 17 years from when you know when they look at new research and they do yeah. all of this. it takes 17 years for it to actually get into mainstream wow. so yeah, it's a long time. So it's kind of, you know, most people don't have that length of time to worry, you know, to, to wait until their GPs or their doctors or their specialists actually go, oh, maybe there is a bit of difference around this. So um, anyway, that's where I come into play. And I have a thing called the Kit Healing Program that I do with everybody and all my fibromyalgics. I had a, I got a patient at the moment, you'll love this story. I got okay. a patient at the moment who's just done my, she's do, in the middle of my course, she's day, what are we today? Day uh, 22. So it started on the 1st of February. She's day 22 into my program. Yeah. So, and I spoke to her uh, on, uh, at day 17. Right. So I spoke to her at day 17 and she said, I said, how are you going? And her fibromyalgia is, you know, full on at the moment. She's in yeah. so much pain. She said, I got up from my desk and I dropped a bag of something and it went all over the floor and I right. got down and I picked it all up and put it back into the bag and then went and took it off and put it where I needed to do it. And she said, I got back and I sat down at my desk and I went, what just happened? What did I do? <laughs> Right. And she goes, she goes, I just got down on the floor and I got back up again and there was no pain. And yeah. she goes, she says to me, she said, do you know what I did? And I went, what? And she goes, I took the bag back. I tipped it out on the floor again. <laughs> I got down and picked it all up again. And I got back up again just to see if it was real. And oh, wow. so, she, yeah, and she was just doing a happy dance. So um, that's the program that I do. It's called the Kit Healing Program. So, yeah, it was good. Yeah. I, I mean, I love that because I think people who don't have fibromyalgia, they don't even know, like, the simplest things you can't even do. Mm. Yeah. Like taking exactly. a shower. So. Yeah. Yeah, everything hurts, right? And then you're so exhausted and things like yeah. that. And no one understand no one understands it because there's from a biochemistry point of view, we know that the the uh, uh, pain pathways are firing, but we don't know how and why and what it is. So it's uh, it's one of those things that you have to try everything. So, if, but your diet makes a massive, massive difference. So what you do and what you eat. So that's what yeah. I do. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think a lot of times people don't go far enough with their diet. Is no, that's exactly right. No, that's exactly right. They'll live up. They took. They'll give up a little bit, 
but really it needs a full-on renovation and it needs to be whole food plant-based and that's what I do is I well from where I sit and my research and what I have seen with my patients yeah. and I see everything from fibromyalgia all the way through to cancer you know and everything in between wow. yeah so the only way to help um, most of these autoimmune conditions um, and especially syndromes so yeah. um, is to actually renovate the diet so that's what um, that's what I do as you well know yeah so can you tell us a little bit about like autoimmune issues and stuff yeah so one of the things I thought I'd share with your audience today is um, is where autoimmunity starts so I do this with every patient in every consult to start off with is that we go through where does autoimmunity start how did the whole thing sort of get triggered off besides the trauma side so there's all that psychological trauma right. side and in yeah. my case the virus side and all of those sorts of things so it's a whole gamut of things but when we come down to, okay, so what do we have? We have to look at the psychology side of it and then you have to look at the um, food side of it. And so when, I'm, when I tell patients, I don't want you to eat this and 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 they're sitting there going, oh, well, what can I eat? Right. Um, I need them to understand why. So this is the diagram I draw for everybody. So I'm going to draw it for your audience today. So if everybody can see my whiteboard, I'm going to show you exactly how autoimmunity starts. So pretty much about digestion 101. So we'll talk about this as being the gut. Can you see that? Yep, everything's good. We'll talk about this being the gut. Now what happens within the gut is that the wall of the gut is only one cell thick. So it's thinner than a piece of um, tissue paper. And what it's held together by is if you think about these things here, they're called tight gap junctions. But if you think of them as staples, so they're all stapled together. So food can't get through and it makes up this really, really strong um, uh, lining of the gut. So I'm going to give you a little bit of uh, digestion 101. So what happens here is, is you've got the stomach and then above the stomach, you've got the esophagus and the esophagus comes down, um, it comes down and delivers the food into the stomach. All the stomach does is think of it like a vitamizer. It just vitamizes it up and it squirts food out into the small intestine. What you've got in the small intestine is enzymes, and these enzymes work upon the food. So, say this is a bit of chicken because you've eaten a chicken sandwich. So, you've eaten your chicken sandwich and it comes down, it's all been mushed up here and it comes out here. Enzymes, which are going to be released by the pancreas, are going to break that up into smaller pieces. So it breaks it up into smaller pieces. So sticking out here from this wall and from these cells are things called villi. And those villi are like little finger-like projections that actually come down. And when these enzymes break down the food into smaller particles, it'll pick it up. It'll send it through, like put it into the, uh, through what we call these, these cells that, that line the gut, which are called enterocytes. Yeah. So it goes into the enterocyte. Now the enterocyte is going to act upon it again and break it down even further into more, smaller components again. And it's called by a way of phosphorylation, it's called. So it comes through here. And what if you think about it, it goes down a conveyor belt. And if you think about that piece of food as being fully dressed, 
So right. it comes in there fully dressed. And what phosphorylation is going to do is it's going to take off its, uh, its shirt, it's going to take off its singlet, it's going to take off its pants and its shoes and its socks. And then it's going to redress it. And it's going to redress yeah. it by putting it into its pajamas. So I'm complete with pajamas and Ugg boots and whatever else. So it all <laughs> pops out. When it pops out through here, it's in a form where your Uber transporter proteins or your Uber boats, it can't be an Uber car because in the bloodstream it would drown. It would, cars don't go right. in blood water. So it has to be a boat. So the Uber boat, and what will that do? It'll pick up whatever that molecule is because it's light and it'll float it around in the bloodstream over to the liver. And within the liver, it'll get packaged up. So it comes out as a package. And we'll put a bow on the package and then we'll stick that on another transporter protein or another Uber boat. And we'll float that around to a cell and that cell's going to use it. So this is what we call digestion 101. We eat food, it comes down into the, into the gut. Um, enzymes will act upon it. When they act upon it, it'll go through uh, where the enterocytes act upon it. It'll jump out here into the way in which we can use it in the body. Like that might be an amino acid over here and some fat and maybe a few vitamins and minerals. will come out here onto the Uber boat or transporter proteins, it'll come down into the liver. Liver does its thing, works out whether it's good or bad or toxic, um, creates it, puts it onto another Uber boat, and then our cells will use it. Very simple, digestion 101. Where does it all go wrong? It all goes wrong when we enter the devil of the food world. I'm not very good, but think of that as the devil of the food right. world. So the devil and the devil of the food world is gluten. Yeah. And gluten is a protein structure and it's found within wheat, barley and rye. Yeah. There's 128 different forms of, pro uh, of gluten. So oats have a different one called avenin and it's only at 16%. So it doesn't cause the same sort of issues. And rice has a different one, but they all, and they're all at different percentages. But the one that causes us the big problem is gluten or gliadin is its protein. So gliadin comes down here and this is the devil of the food world so it comes in here now no human on the planet has an enzyme that breaks down gluten no one no, none of us do right. so what the body is very clever it will release a product called zonulin now what zonulin does so it comes out here you've got the immune system living in here and you've got little periscopes and they look at, they, they put their little fingers out and they see gluten and they go, oh, there's no enzymes to break down gluten. She's eating a chicken sandwich. So the sandwich side of it, the bread, it's got gluten in it. We're going to have to release zonulin so as it can get into the bloodstream so we can use it, right? She obviously right. ate it for a reason. Yeah. So what that does is it causes a... Um, it causes these tight gap junctions to come apart. And what you end up with is a hole in here, a hole within the, the lining of the gut. So they all shimmy apart and we end up with these great big holes. Now, what will happen then is, is that the food comes down here and it can go through those holes as undigested particles of food and end up out here in the bloodstream. Oh, geez. 
So this is not a good thing, as you can well imagine. Wow. So, so that's where the gluten goes. But the chicken and the ham and the, um, the butter and the salad and everything else you had on that chicken sandwich, right, keeps right. Well, <laughs> am I going to actually allow these little things to pick me up and put me through the enterocytes all I and, be, you know, put my, take my clothes off and put my clothes back on and all this sort of nonsense? Or will I just slip through these gaps as well and end up out here in the bloodstream? So this is what they do. They come out into the bloodstream. Now what you have is a high, the collateral damage of all of this is inflammation. Right. So you get this really high inflammatory response going on out here. And so your immune system has to come out here and sends out the Army, the Navy and the Air Force. They're going to send that out. And the Army, the Navy and the Air Force are going to destroy all of this problem, so our defence mechanisms that's sitting out here in the bloodstream. But the, and the side effect of that or the collateral damage of that is more inflammation. Now, the immune system in itself, so the story goes on, the immune system itself is what we call, um, it's kind of a bit lazy. It, it, it wants to do everything really quickly. So what it does is it only reads certain parts of a protein structure mm -hmm. so then you get this thing called cellular mimicry so the army the navy you've got a heightened immune system yeah. because of all of this leaky gut business so this is called yeah. leaky gut you get all this leaky gut business you get all of this going on right. so what happens then is is that it goes and looks for other protein structures that look similar Mm -hmm. So gluten itself, when you look at gluten's protein structure, it looks very much like thyroid. Uh, I specialize in thyroid, so besides and fibromyalgia, but lots of thyroid. So gluten looks very much like thyroid tissue, looks very similar to the thyroid tissue itself. Mm -hmm. So you, if you eat gluten, you're gonna, you've got this heightened immune system, you're going to get destruction of the thyroid. What sugar looks like is our muscles and our joints. Yeah. What dairy looks like is our uh, lungs and our skin. And what fat looks like is our nerves and our brain and your myelin sheets. So you get yeah. thyroid issues from gluten, you get sugar issues, uh, you get fibromyalgia, all the arthritis, all of the skin conditions when you eat sugar. Yeah. You get dairy, so you get lung issues and you get skin issues like all your dermatitis and your psoriasis and all of those sorts of things. Yeah. Scleroderma, um, all of those autoimmune conditions. And from the fat, this is where the MS comes into it. So you get MS and Parkinson's and things like that. So for us, we don't need any of these things that cause any of these problems. So when you're dealing with autoimmunity, so when I say to people, okay, well, the first thing you've got to take out of your diet is right. gluten. Yeah. Gluten's got to go. Yeah. Because I tell my people that too. Yeah. If you don't have gluten, then you don't have the devil of the food world going in. You don't have yeah. anything that causes the leaky gut. Right. Therefore, if you don't have that, you don't get the downstream effects of all of these things. So all of the thyro all of fibromyalgia and those things that sit under the arthritis banner 
Right. Um, those aches and pains like um, polymyalgia rheumatica, so PMR, all of these sorts yeah. of things. Sugar is an absolute no-no. Right. Because that's where all your aches and pains from. Now, we also know, so this is, this was, so last year, the latest research came out as far as cellular mimicry is concerned. And the other one that causes, uh, is very similar to gluten is dairy. So dairy, dairy, sugar, all of these things, dairy, sugar, fat, and gluten all need to come out because of this thing called, uh, the, the more and more we're understanding about cellular mimicry and that the, yeah. if you've got a heightened immune system, you're going to get more and more of these issues. So this is what I how This is how I renovate your uh, people's diets and working out where all of these things come from and and what we should do. And it makes a huge difference, absolutely huge difference. So um, yeah, I think I think people don't go far enough. I think they just go with the gluten. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> the problem with the gluten is too is that. Uh, you only need an eighth of a fingernail's worth of gluten to yeah. actually get any disease process going. Right. So you, ha you have to take it all out if you're going to actually do true healing. The best fiber, the best thing for fibromyalgia and the research that's come out of, um, I think it's out of Belgium, I think the research is out of, is a, uh, is a water fast. Mm -hmm. And then from a water fast is a vegan diet, so whole food plant-based. And you've got to take out, without taking out gluten. So the only other thing, and this is the problem with fibromyalgics, is that we can yeah. take out all of this, but there's one other thing that causes leaky gut, and that's cortisol. Mm -hmm. So high cortisol levels is also going to bring out zonulin. And if it brings out zonulin, zonulin's caused by high cortisol, so that's that, uh, the stress oh, hormone. Yeah. then what you end up with is leaky gut. Yeah, and that's what my wellness chiropractor, that's what he tested me for, is my yeah. parcel levels when, and stuff. And then he's like, cut out all those foods. Yeah. And do an elimination diet. Yeah, exactly. But I, but I had to go, I had to do soy and eggs also, so. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, absolutely. So you've got to look at then all of the uh, all of the allergy, allergenic type of foods yeah. that causes, because it causes high well causes zonulin, but also causes if your body's having a reaction, it's going to cause high cortisol. Yeah, mine were mine were really high, and yeah. my sensitivities were really high too. Yeah, yeah, and nobody else had ever tested me for that, which is sort of crazy. And I was 21 years old at the time. And that was like 10 years ago. So, I mean, people don't do the food testing. <laughs> no, you've got to do, you've got to look at it all. And um, yeah. if the thing about it is though, from where I sit, right. So from my research and what I have done is that you can do all the food allergy testing and things like that, but you, and you don't want just to avoid all of those foods. You've got to do the gut healing. Yeah. When we when we heal the gut, then a lot of those food sensitivities will go away as long as you don't put them back in. Um, right. And you you also need to do the work on how to bring your cortisol levels down. So lots of meditation, um, 
prayer if you're into prayer if that's your, your form of meditation um, so meditation prayer uh, all of those exercise all of those things that help bring down your cortisol levels you've got to sleep well you've got to do all of those sorts of things that can bring down the cortisol levels because if they come down then you can actually do a full healing but if you start taking out lots and lots of different foods out of the diet and i totally agree you shouldn't eat eggs anyway they're high in fat um and they and the protein side of it is a huge allergen and so if you've got food sensitivities and fibromyalgics are hypersensitive for the rest of their life that's just what happens so you yeah. can eat yourself in eat yourself out eat yourself back in so you can't put them back in i've i tried i tried doing it with eggs a couple of years ago and i was like no i can't you it, can't no i can't so and there's no it it doesn't appear at the moment that there is a way of once you've been super sensitive is to not be super sensitive so it, it, you, you've got to be really careful. Like I can bring back my fibromyalgia. I did this with um, a few years ago. I made a, hadn't had cake for, I can't tell you how long. Right. And, um, and my kids were like, come on, mum, it's Christmas. You've got to be able to make a Christmas cake because that used right. to be my thing, right, is to make yeah. a Christmas cake. You've got to be able to do a Christmas cake. How do you do a vegan Christmas cake? So I gave it lots of thought and I thought, okay, soaked all the fruit and, you know, bought all this organic, beautiful organic um, uh, dried fruit and I soaked it all and it was absolutely fantastic. And I made these, this cake, which was just fantastic. It's in my recipe book. And, it, and I made that, right? And it was hilarious because um, it was so good that I made five cakes over the Christmas break. I made five of them and I reckon oh. I ate four of them. Yeah. So, you know, whatever you had a cup of tea, it was like piece of cake, cup of tea, right. piece of cake. It was so good. And it was vegan. So it all fitted in, right? It was no sugar yeah. in it, no fat in it, all of these things. So I was like, oh, okay, good, good, good. Anyway, it didn't take very long before um, I couldn't, I got out of bed. I got out of bed in the middle of the night to go back to the bathroom and uh, couldn't walk. My feet couldn't walk. I was back tiptoeing and I was like, what have you done? Where has that come from? Right. And then it dawned upon me it was all the sugar within the dried fruit, right? Yeah. So I was like, ah, oh, look what you've done. You've brought it back. So then I had to turn around and uh, heal my body again, and which is what happened. I just ditched it, didn't eat it anymore, which was fine, and I took a week or two to come back into normal, uh, get it all out of my system, and it was fine after that. But boy, did I learn my lesson. I was kind of like, you can't do that. You can't be silly like that. And um, anyway, I learned my lesson. I so, yeah. Go on. I was just going to say, we all have to learn that lesson. Yeah, you all have to learn it right. But one of the things you want to be careful about is, um, and this is what I recommend to most people when you've got a food sensitivity, is to just not things like sugar, right? Because sugar and fibromyalgia don't go well together. Red meat and fibromyalgia don't go well together. You just got to keep them all out. Um, and that's what my studies are in. So, But you don't want to take so much out of your diet that you've got very little left else to eat. Right. So yeah. It decreases your gut microbiome diversity. Mm -hmm. And yeah. the more diverse the gut microbiome is, the healthier you are. 
and the healthier your immune system is. So you want to be able to go on an elimination diet, figure it all out, but do the healing at the same time, fix all of this issue up, get, get you know, find ways to keep calm and bring your cortisol levels down, even if it's just breathing, you know, taking deep breaths and whenever you're feeling stressed. And then from there, reintroduce those good foods like the lentils and the chickpeas and the things that you yeah. know you may have taken out because you had a reaction to because once you put them back in then more than likely you are going to get um uh you you'll grow a healthy gut microbiome and that's what needs to happen not starve it because you'll just get sicker yeah bit of a, bit of a vortex really <laughs> yeah we don't want anyone to get sicker it's all no. getting better yeah yeah. So that's basically what we, what I do is what I look at. And, you know, for Chris, we cut out all fats and, um, and unless the fats are associated with fiber. So you can eat fat as in olives, avocados and nuts right. and seeds, but yeah. you can't eat fat as in olive oil because olive oil, all of these things are really bad for you and um, animal products because they make TMAO and they cause cardiovascular disease and so on and so forth. So that's not what we do. Well, that's amazing. How long have you been doing it? Uh, well, when Chris was diagnosed in 2003, so went back to university to study it then. So I've been doing it for a long time. When I came out uh, of university, went and worked with an integrated medicine clinic and um lots of doctors and GPs in functional medicine. And uh, then I, Chris wasn't getting well. Mm-hmm. He was, and he was on lots of supplements. So he's on lots of whole food, uh, lots of um, pharmaceutical supplements, which just weren't working. Yeah. And he was costing me way too much money. So he was costing <laughs> me about a thousand, a thousand Aussie dollars a, uh, a month. And I thought I was going to have to get a new husband because he was sending us broke. So uh, but I rather I rather like him. So I thought I'd keep him. <laughs> so I had to figure out a way what to do. So that's when I went to America because the, a lot of the leading uh, medicinal nutritionist doctors are in uh, are actually in uh, the US. So I went to there and I studied that. And so we've been now doing whole food, plant based and oil free um, that particular regime. And I've been doing it with all my patients now for seven years. Wow. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm, Is there anything else you would like to tell my audience? Uh, You'd have to ask me questions. It's like push a button and... push a button and uh, we could do that. So, uh, and I'm quite happy for your audience to send me emails if they've yeah. got a concern and they can send it to Kathy um, with a K, K-A-T-H-Y, Kathy at Flourish, F-L-O-U-R-I-S-H-L-N, not I-N. When people see our thing, they often think it's an I, but it's an L. Flourish Live Naturally is our website. So Flourish Live Naturally. So Kathy at flourishln.com.au and you can send me an email. I'll be more than happy to answer it for you. And I have patients all around the world and I do it via this medium. So via the Zoom medium, which is, I think, pretty terrific. And um, we help heal them. And yeah, that's pretty much about it. And I, I work with all sorts of conditions. So fibromyalgia is a big one. And food as medicine works so incredibly well at actually helping people heal from, um, from with fibromyalgia and live with it and manage it. 
Uh, and then uh, thyroid is what I really specialize in. And that was really interesting because I never wanted to be a thyroid specialist because <laughs> I used to work. Yeah, I didn't want it until every woman that walked into my uh, practice yeah. was having thyroid issues, right? So uh, I went back to America again and studied under a lot of the thyroid doctors that are over there because they lead the world in it. And um, so now I do thyroid with a lot of women, I do lots of drawings. I love to draw so people understand things really well. Yeah. Um, so we do we do that and and then I see everybody with anything in between. So it's kind of fun and I love doing what I'm doing. I'm really, really passionate about it. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, you can find us on, I don't do a lot on Instagram, but uh, you can usually find me somewhere on the internet. Sounds great. We'll put all of those in the show notes and thank you for coming on the show. You're very welcome. Is it cold over where you are at the moment? Um, it's like 48. That's cold. I don't know what that is. We do Celsius here, but that sounds really, really cold. So is it snowing? Uh, no, it's sunny as could be. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. We've got... Um, I wish it was snowing. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Winter. It's winter time over here, so I wish it was snowing. Does it snow where you are? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. But not a lot, just a little bit. Okay. We doesn't snow where we live. I live at Phillip Island where the fairy penguins come up. Did you know that Australia, you've probably seen Australia has these little fairy penguins that come up onto our island and they come up from Antarctica. So I live on that island and uh, it's about two hours from Melbourne, Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. So, yeah, it's really good. I love it. I love living on an island. It's very relaxed. And since we've come here, um, yeah. our, our, we have an island lifetime. They the sign is, is, don't worry, you're on island time now. Nothing ever happens on a schedule here. So everybody's off surfing or doing whatever. So that's where we live. Mm. Oh, it sounds wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for having me. Thank you I for coming on. Yeah, I hope your audience has learned a little bit. And, yeah, that's good. Lovely to be here. Okay. <laughs>